Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by two guys with their fingers on the pulse of everything that's going on at Rangers. That's the Sunday Mail's Scott McDermott and Record Sports' Gavin Berry. Hello guys. Hello. <coughs> on the pod today we discuss the latest transfer news as Stephen Gerrard ponders heading back into the Croatian market for a striker. We'll dissect Dybrok's manager's comments from the weekend and look at exactly what is needed to improve in second place next season. After that, we'll look at the Aberdeen win more closely and whether Nikola Katic really should be hanging his head in shame. And finally, we'll look ahead to another huge test this weekend as Hibs head to Ibrox. All right, lads, let's take a big dive straight into the transfer market because that's what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, at this time of the season, three games left, but it's all geared towards next season. Marco Maric is the guy. Uh, whose name is on everybody's lips this morning. What do, what do we know about the big guy? He's a big striker uh, at NK Osijek, of which Rangers have already signed two players this season. Uh, he's top scorer in the Croatian league with 16 goals. He played against Rangers home and away in the Europa League this season, and he's got two Croatian caps. Uh, Gavin, you know that market pretty well. What can you tell us about this <laughs> <laughs> Just put you in the spot. He's, he's regularly like going to Zagreb. I haven't done his joint top scorer with 15 league goals, so... Oh, uh, we'll go with <laughs> your mind, one. Maybe I, he scored last night. Either my information <laughs> or I'm not as much an expert as you in making out. But 15 and a half we'll go for, right? Yeah. Well, chopped off. I spoke to a Croatian journalist this morning just before we went on air. Um, just to get a bit of uh, information on him, so he des- uh, he described him as a, a Kyle Lafferty type, oh. but better. Right. <laughs> so not very lost, but a Kyle Lafferty type, uh, but better. So tall, direct, uh, pacey, as you said, joint top scorer, and the reported fee this morning is three million pounds. I think the one thing that would probably be Rangers fans would be wary about. Those two words, Kyle Lafferty. I think that's where the kind of surprise has come because it comes in the week or just a few days after really Stephen Gerrard's had his not so sort of subtle dig uh, uh, towards Barisic and Eros Grezda, who of course arrived in the summer and haven't really set the heather on fire. Well, cheap either, that's you it, have yeah. to say. So, I mean, if you're talking about £3 million and the words that came back, kept coming back this morning when I spoke to a creation journalist was you, you were young and you know you're buying potential but at three million pounds you know I don't think Rangers can really afford to go back into the exact same market where they sign two players exact same club where they sign two players and it's not worked out for them you know and spend that kind of money you know there'll be a lot of people looking saying well it's lacking a bit of imagination yeah. having, having said that you can't dismiss an entire country just because two players didn't quite work out, you know. I mean, they obviously signed Katic as well, who's been, you know, he's been slightly more promising, although he's been had an up and down season. But I mean, he he's been more of a success than the other two. So you can't you can't just say we're never signing a, a player again from there, just because two guys never worked. Yeah, Scott, an expensive gamble that they don't need to take. Do you think? Um. Next season is so crucial for Rangers. I would be surprised if they would take a three million gamble on somebody like that. If I'm honest, um, no. In Scottish terms, in Rangers terms, where they are at the moment, no, three million is a big investment. I think for a player, and for three million, 
I think Steven Gerrard would probably be looking for somebody a bit more established, a bit more proven. I know we're saying top scorer in Croatia, um, oh, a couple of caps for his country, but I'm not sure. I mean, as Gav says, after Grezda and Barisic, <laughs> I think you'd be reluctant to go back to to Osijek. Um, no, maybe that's harsh on them, harsh on creation football or whatever, but when you've had two guys that have come in with a lot of you know, a lot of potential, a lot of plaudits, um, people expected to you know, really set the head on fire on Scottish football for you no know, reasonably sized transfer fees. And really, you no, know, for being honest, there's no point sugarcoating. I mean, two of them have contributed virtually nothing. I mean, Barisic has looked decent in bursts, but has never got any sort of run in the team. Never looked as if he was gaining any sort of consistency or performance. Um, he's also a creation international, and he's the one that you would probably be willing to give a chance to next season. Um, Gerard might might look at it and think, right, he's get he's get one last chance, get into pre season, start a next term. Grezda for me has been a disaster signing. Um, as I say, has. Doesn't he look the part? Doesn't he look as if he's capable of playing uh, even at this level? Whether it's been off the bench or starting. And considering, you no, know, it's reported that Rangers have spent nearly two million quid on this guy. That is a that's a big blow. Do you know the best performance I saw for Grace mm. this season was against Scotland for Albania? You're right. You're right. Over I, there where he I, Callum Patterson, I told it. You're right. I sat. Uh, I was in Albania for that game and I watched it, thinking, God, this guy might actually have something um, and it was after that international break I expected to come back to Rangers and really kick on and start to show that for him but he's just never looked as if he's going to produce anything like that in a, yeah. in a Rangers jersey and <clears throat> it's going to be interesting I, mean, I think it's pretty clear Gerard doesn't want him there for next season so how does he do it do they try and loan him out somewhere back to Croatia, somewhere well, else in Europe. Could that be part of a deal maybe then for this? Because one thing you can say for this guy, Maric, is his is, is record's there. Yeah. Uh, his level top scorer. But when Grezda arrived, no, there was rave reports about him as well. I mean, Barisic and Katic no, reportedly told Gerard that Grezda <coughs> was the best player in the Croatian League mm-hmm. <coughs> last season. So... No, the standard might just know be might just know be what's required. This is an Aussie Jack side. I mean, they're twenty six points behind Dinamo Zagreb in the Croatian league. So yeah. they're not. I mean, they're not. They're not a great team. Yeah. You know, and a, but I suppose the difficulty is. I mean, we're seeing three million. You know, I mean, can Rangers afford? You know, to gamble on three million? But three million pound really isn't. I mean, it's a lot for Rangers in the current climate. But I mean, it's, I mean, three million pound isn't a huge amount of money. And, Football now, is it really for Rangers I mean, in our current predicament? No, it is for Rangers, yeah. but what I'm saying is th- you know, three million. But if you go shopping around, you know, three million pounds not a lot. I mean, Celtic spent almost that on the boy Bio, didn't they? Yeah. again, similar. You're talking young, you're buying potential. I mean, if you want proven players, you know, at a high level, no, that's, you, that's you, know, you won't get them for three million. So you're going to have to take a bit of a point. That, that's where Gerard's gone in it to be creative, though, I think, in terms of no. Gav's right, it, in the current market, you know, for three million, yeah, you probably do need to take a gamble at some stage, but if Gerrard's got a, 
a, no, a transfer fee there, three million quid, and he's saying, right, what can I get with this? <clears throat> I think he would rather get, no, someone, no, that Maric is still fairly young, somebody like a Defoe, for instance, who is coming to the end of his career. It might be a big loan fee or wages. There's not going to be any, uh, no, any return on him. But you know he's going to come in, score goals like that, uh, and or, or is it uh, spending money on? I mean, Defoe spend uh, Defoe's getting on a bit, obviously. But you could probably get a guy who is young enough. But again, it would be a loan. It would be a big fee, you know, maybe a Premier League club that you could maybe go and get for that that money. And listen, in normal circumstances, you would say. Uh, no, why are you spending no maybe one and a half two million quid on a loan guy who's not going to even be signing? But next season, for obvious reasons, is, is so vital for Gerard and for Rangers to try and win this league. It's going to be about the here and now. It's not going to be about signing guys that are going to you no know, potential and might might do it in a couple of years. He's going to want ready made players coming in next season, ready to hit the ground running. The club might want to have more of a, a strategy and a sell on value. I mean, there, there is a bigger picture. I know there is. They, they need to win the league quickly and they don't. They want to stop ten in a row quickly. But I mean, guys signing guys like Defoe and all that and others like him. And throwing money at it, big loan fees. I mean, that's not really a road. The yeah, club, no, you don't want to start getting desperate and chasing it. And it's no, but they, but Dave King's comments recently. I mean, <clears throat> do they sound like a guy coming for a guy that's looking for a long term strategy? Dave King, even more so than Stephen Gerrard and Mark Allen. Dave King's the guy who wants it now. He wants to stop ten in a row. He's no, he's not interested in no three or four years down the line at the minute. He. No, with his comments recently, everything has been about we have to get on top, we have to stop Celtic doing this 10 in a row, we have to be champions again. If you're going to do that, you don't sign guys with potential, you don't take gambles, the guys that might no, come onto forum a year down the, the line. I think they're going to want, like they did with the phone Davis in January, Guys who are ready-made to come into that, come into that team. Well, when we talk about this guy, management of Croatian international, because when when we were reading the story in the office this morning, uh, and we were then talking about Barisic and Grezda and saying, you know, why would they go back there? And then we're, people were saying, no, why did not know Barisic? You know, he's a Croatian international. They're in the World Cup final, but and probably similar to this guy. Barisic, uh, before he came, I think his cap was, it's a bit like when Scotland went to that end of season two yeah. and the Central America and they're throwing caps about because they couldn't get people to go. I think his cap, it came in a, a, a friendly over in Los Angeles or something like that. I remember looking at it at the time and it was one where, you know, all the kind of big stars had dropped out. So, I mean, Listen, it, there, there's Croatian internationals. There's Cro- it was a bit it, like Brazil, Raphael Shite. <laughs> hey, bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, uh, a Jay he, McEvely type cap. He, something remember, like he was a Brazilian international. These yes. nations used to just give caps to, <laughs> they did to, to increase their value. So, to be fair to Barisic, he has had a couple of caps since. Since I mean, he has. So, he is in No, he's in that group. Yeah. No, in Croatia, he has been called up a couple of times since he came to Rangers. Yeah. The biggest problem has been injuries and consistency. Listening to Stephen Gerrard on a weekly basis, you can see how frustrated he is that no, a guy with Barisic's ability doesn't seem to have the 
the mentality, the you know, kind of strength of character, you know, that desire to really go and kind of play through the pain barrier, push yourself on. and Especially in the dodgy left-back position where yeah, really somebody but, but, that did have that drive would make it their own. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that is something that's very surprising because you associate players of with the Balkans, you know, yeah. from, you know, being that kind of real never-say-die, you know, they've got that real spirit about them. So that is, that that's the one thing you would, Assume. I mean, the quality might not always be there. Yeah. The one thing you would never question with these guys is character. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, that's that's strange. It's funny. I remember in that um, that mid-season friendly when Rangers played against HJK Helsinki as part of the Morelos deal, um, and they played that game at Ibrox. I remember Gerard took right, and it was like the there was a last action of the game, and one of the Helsinki players had taken Barisic out. And he was down for ages. And I remember after the game, we were getting Stephen Gerrard's assessment. He said, oh, how's Barisic? He said, oh, he seems fine. He said, I was a bit worried when he was rolling about seven times or something. He said something, but it was just a... That was the dig guy. That was was the dig. It was a comment, but you just knew then. You thought, he obviously has an... It wasn't like, oh, we're worried about him. He was almost dismissing it, saying this guy made far too much of it. You know, I thought he was... Actually irritating the manager. Because because Gerrard was the type, you know, would get kicked in games and... Would never dream he rolling about the the ground. No, would never yeah. dream he going off unless he absolutely, absolutely hit him. And you, you don't remember Gerard or recall Gerard missing a lot of games with Liverpool. No. He was just so consistent. He was always there. He, no, he strikes as a guy. Even if there was niggles, he was probably playing through them. Maybe no telling his manager. No, that's just the type of guy he was. And he will find it difficult to understand players who are given any less than that or, or any different than that. In fact, the previous week had been over with the Rangers in Tenerife for the, their training camp, the mid-season uh, training camp, and that was one of the things he spoke about, um, was Barisic and Grezda just saying how they need to get up to speed, they need to learn to deal with the kind of rough and tumble of the Scottish game. I remember coming back from that trip and landing and there was a picture uh, circulating in social media and Gresda had a moon boot. <laughs> but at the time, it was unbelievable. <laughs> he must be pulling his hair out. Yeah, He was talking about how that trip was you know, going to be to reboot Gresda in particular, yeah. who'd had injury problems, but also he was talking about Barisic as well. He, he kind of lumped the two of them together. Uh, and this was how this trip was going to reboot Gresda and this way we could kick, kick on for the second half of the season. And they couldn't even get home from... Ten a week long camp without getting injured. <laughs> it moon booted them. <laughs> uh, right, moving on from from uh, marriage. Sorry, um, I think the word we used there was potentially maybe not the most imaginative move, considering they've been to Ostejek a couple of times. And that's when I wonder again whether the story you broke this week, Scott, on Greg Stewart, who looks set to to sign a three year deal with Rangers. Um, for me, it seems like. Rangers are overloaded with this type of player in this position. I mean, Jake Hastie is 99.999% complete. They've yep. got Jordan Jones coming in, got Daniel Kandias, Scott Arfield, you've got Glenn Middleton, he's looking to keep Ryan Kent. They're all players that can play wide, can possibly fill in in the number 10 position, can play anywhere behind that striker. Is Greg Stewart what Rangers really need? Well, first of all, I'm not sure that Steven Gerrard sees him as a wide player. Uh, I think Steven Gerrard sees him as a central player, either playing up front or playing just off the front. If you look at Greg Stewart this season, he was outstanding for Kilmarnock in the first six months, Through playing up front uh. with Eamon, Eamon Brophy. I think that's where Gerrard will have 
well, I've watched him and well, I've been impressed with him. Uh, I think you could argue that his dips in form, mainly with Aberdeen, you have to say, have been when he has been shifted out wide or he's been in and out of the team and couldn't really get a run or whatever. Um, so I see him as a as a central player. I think that's where Rangers will see him uh, for a start. In terms of do they need him, I mean, I've spoken about this before. To me, is Greg Stewart going to get straight into the Rangers team first 11 and play every week? No, I don't think so. Um, however, we're talking about guys like Gresda, Barisic, uh, there's others there, Koulibaly, Rossiter, uh, Lee Wallace, Greg Docherty, guys who are like under in that layer under the, the proper first-team squad. And I don't think Gerard is seeing enough for these guys underneath um, no, that, that really beefs up your squad. And if you need them, you can go and call upon them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cited example is somebody like Johnny Hayes at Celtic. No, is Johnny Hayes the guy that's going to play every week and win you a title? No, but get to a crucial point of the season. You've got a couple injuries or you need to change things up. Can you rely on him to go in any Scottish Premiership game uh, on either side, any ground, and perform? I think you can, and I think... Stephen Gerrard will look upon Greg Stewart as somebody like that. Uh, to me, Gerrard's look, he's had a year now looking at Scottish football. He's been to every ground, he's seen every team. He'll have a clear idea now of what's required to go and, to go and challenge for that, that title. Um, and, I, and I think if he, if he loses guys, if, if he can get rid of guys who he feels aren't contributing now, like Koulibaly going back to his parent club, no Rossiter going, Wallace going, maybe Doherty going, Gresda getting him out the door. If he can replace them with guys who know the Scottish scene and he knows what he's going to get for them, then uh, I don't think it would be a bad, uh, a bad strategy. Right, uh, this might be harsh on my part, but I'm going to say it. anyway. It reminds me that, that the signings are guys like Stuart, Hasty. Uh, Jordan Jones, all very good players in their own right, but it reminds me of a time when Rangers did, I think it was just after they dropped down the leagues actually, and they went out and signed the best of the talent from opposition clubs, for instance Dean Shields, your Francisco Sandazas, Kevin Kyle, and um, <laughs> it didn't work. I don't, th- I don't think they were the cream of the Scottish game at that time. For one I mean, season I think they I were, think I think they they were winning I Player of the Year awards. I think they were decent players but the, and the flip side to that as you can say well what about when they were signing no see when they went and signed Kurt Broadfoot for St Mern well people people just says well what are they signing no what are they signing him for a guy for St Mern turns out he play, he's playing in a, a European final a couple of years later you signed Nacho Novo for Dundee people barely bat an eyelid he's the same turns out to be a legend you can keep going Kevin Thompson Stephen Whitaker I don't think it's a bad idea for Rangers or Celtic for that matter because it's worked for them in the past as well to go and try and cherry pick some of the best players for rival clubs. Um, I know Greg Stewart in theory is coming for Birmingham but no, the likes of Jordan Jones, Jake Hasty, um, I, I don't think it's a bad. I don't think it's a bad idea, especially when you consider you're getting them for nothing. I mean, Jones for nothing, Kamara fifty thousand, Greg Stewart for nothing. It's not a great outlay, as I say, for Gerard to try and beef up that squad with guys who he knows 
know Scottish football, unlike your Gresdas and Barisic's who clearly haven't haven't adapted. These guys know what it's all about, so yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a bad shout. Well, you take somebody like Scott Brown, who was shining yeah, for exactly. the Celtic shine, he's been there, he's been the captain, their driving force. What would you have done to get John McGinn in your team, who was another one that was a standout Scottish football right? he was allowed to go down south? What would you do to have him now? Look at the success he's had. I, I think they'd have been nailed on nailed on uh, stars I, right, okay, there's something think? about Greg Stewart I just right. don't know if he's at the standard do you, okay. yourself do you rate Greg Stewart then how highly I think he's no. had six good months in two years no, I, I think I, I agree with you in the sense that you know I agree with Scott in the sense that he's probably not the desired quality to win your league but it's just as Scott basically summed up there I mean if he can get rid of some of these guys then he would be you know he'd be a decent guy to have around in that kind of layer underneath you know you're starting 11 somebody to come off the bench what were your thoughts when they came on for the last 10 minutes on Sunday it was set up for him wasn't it I know I actually thought I mean I actually thought it wasn't going to come on even though Aberdeen were probably crying out for somebody like that to come on I just wondered whether because of the stories you know about, about Greg Stewart going to there I just wondered whether Derek McInnes might just hold back and no no put him on um, but he did to his credit you know, he came on at a difficult time I think the game was, was pretty much gone for Aberdeen. Aberdeen had been had been so poor in the game in an attacking sense, so it wasn't it wasn't ideal. But listen, I think I think if Greg Stewart is playing with the good players and a good team, he's got a bit of confidence, um he can he can certainly do a job for you. maybe not every week starting, but coming off the bench having an impact, uh, or if, as I say, if you're missing a couple of players, I think you could you could pretty much rely on him to get into any, any Scottish game and do your, do your turn, unlike, as we say, you're, you're, I mean, there's been Most times this the season, time. Rangers, are, you're looking at the bench, and as your Grez does, Koulibaly's and that, and no, you just don't feel as if they're going to contribute anything when they, when they come on. It's going to be fascinating to see what Rangers are going to do because, well, I mean, Greg Stewart will he'll arrive, but you know, we're talking about needing these big hitters. So, you know, if it is going to be the Croatian striker, you know, they've been linked with John Suter, but you would think they're going to get work done early. So, I mean, they're going to have to act quickly because he's going to want to, a bit like in January, you know, when it was like Defoe and Davis day one they had them lined up ah, so well, it appears to be as soon as the season finishes they're going to have to get get on it right away uh, it certainly seems to be ahead of the game in that regard what well, they seem to be yeah 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 no, I, mean, I mean in absolutely. terms of getting deals I, well I mean but Greg Stewart's the only one we kind of know that oh, and Hasty yeah. like I'm talking about the ones that we're saying that are going to be above these guys ah. the guys that are going to make the difference right okay well, well, that, that's why you have a director of football I mean you should be getting your work done yeah. early no, with Mark Allen there working behind the scenes and I've got a recruitment team that's the whole that's part of the appeal of having a director of football is that they can be working behind the scenes the manager doesn't need to worry about it he just worries about coaching the, the first team squad so there should have been work getting done you no know, months in advance and Gav's right Rangers should be ready to go into pre-season with at least you no know, kind of three or four deals done with others you no know, well done the well done the line because I mean, the first European qualifier, I think, is what, July 18? Uh, or something like July 14, maybe? Uh, it's so, it's usually the last week of June. Oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, no, no, it's July. Ah, it's, July. It's, it's July the... 11th yeah, and 13th or something. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. so they're going to need to 
hit the ground running. They need guys in going in pre-season, you know, integrating into the into the squad, into the camp. So, what big hitters are we talking about then? But let's let's move on but to the, the, the done deals. What areas are they prioritising? Sorry, do you think? Not just sorry, just to follow up on that. I suppose one of the key things here, but is Alfredo Morelos and what happened. Yeah, exactly. Aye, 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 I mean, I mean, they could be sitting. As Scott says they could be sitting with <coughs> you know five or six lined up. Um, but you know they need cash in, and maybe maybe it's a case of well we need to get fifteen or or see what they're going to get for him, and then that'll be that'll be the difficult thing for Rangers with what happens with Morelos because they can plan all they want, but if they get a bid of thirteen fourteen million in the last week in the transfer window um, or towards the end of the transfer window, and they feel they need to accept it, then that can that can blow your plans. Uh, no, blow your plans wide open but it, in a similar way you have to say uh, to Celtic last summer in terms of <clears throat> I think Celtic and Brendan Rodgers were pretty settled last summer kind of albeit they were disappointed not to get John McGinn Rodgers had a kind of clear idea of what they wanted to do but two things happened uh, Boyata became unsettled refused to play in the, the Champions League game <clears throat> that blew up and then Dembele gets sold, you no, know, their main striker for a lot for a lot of money. And I think that you no know, affected Rogers and affected Celtic at the start of the, the season. You could have a similar situation with Minelos if, if that if that comes to the fore and it'll be difficult for Rangers, as Gav says, to try and plan right, what do we need, how much can we spend? When then bang, you get fifteen million for Minelos, your your best player's gone, your top scorer's gone. But you've got this pot, maybe you no. Know, if you get if you get fifteen million for him, would that you no? Know, that potentially give Gerard like ten million to to go and spend. And suddenly, you need, to yeah, spend it and you've not got a lot of time. Mm. So you need to have you no. Know, you need to have targets lined up. You need to have a clear, clear plan, a clear strategy of what you're going to do. It's so an it's going to be interesting. Rangers clearly well aware of the situation that they'll have learned from Celtic's predicament last summer. Aye. Um, what other areas? Are it's, it's, it's all midfield yeah. attacking well, orientated. Well, if Joe Ward goes back, I mean, he's going to go back, isn't he? So yeah. You're probably yeah, going absolutely. to get another central defender, although Katic is starting to kind of... I think Katic looks... Yeah, he's back in favour, but you would probably yeah. still want another central defender. Exactly. John Suter, they've been linked with John Suter. Mm-hmm. Again, three million. Is there much weight in that, do you think? I think so, Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I said before. I mean, they're probably interested, but to me, it's just, it'll be out with Rangers' price range for a Do you think so? for a centre back. It's uh, funny, Gavin. You were at the Edinburgh Derby on Sunday, and Craig Levine said at well, halftime, I, I asked John Suter if he could phone the real John Suter. Uh, well, I could, honestly <laughs> could believe what you were saying because the thing about him is that I mean, the one thing you would say about him is that he's so composed. I mean, he's he's not like, he's a central defender who's comfortable with the ball at his feet. I mean, his range of passing is great, but and and Craig Levine threw a few kids in, uh, or a couple of kind of youngsters, and you you were more worried about them. They started the game brilliantly, and John Suter was the opposite. The one you would bank on, the guys like him and Christoph Berra, and he was just he was all over the place. But to be fair to him, and another thing in his favour is he did gather himself at half time and he came out and he was you know much better in the second half. I'm a big fan of him, but I just think his contract. I mean, I just don't think Hearts are going to sell. You know, like. Do you, He's one of those, if his contract was running down, you know, I had a year to go and you thought you could get him for a bargain price, then you would, absolutely, you would take him, but Hearts hold all the aces and £3 million, pounds, a lot of money. I, th- I think Rangers will need two centre-halves in the summer. I mean, Warrell will go back, um, 
Gareth McCauley's contract will run out. So, I mean, it only leaves Goldson and Katic, who are obviously the first choices at the minute. But I think he'll want to sign one established no, centre-back, no, maybe for a bit, of, a bit of money, to go and no, basically challenge with Katic to partner Goldson. I think Goldson will be his first choice. But I think he'll sign an established centre-half and then he'll want another one. You always want to trying a four. Now whether that's a young a young player coming through the Rangers Academy, whether it's a young player that they get on loan who's still developing, or whether it's a at the opposite end, like a Macaulay who's coming to the end and can come in and do a job for you. That that's maybe the profile of the fourth centre back, but he'll definitely want four. Um Goldson and Katic will be two of them. But he's got to find another two. He'll certainly sign one and maybe another, I think. I think alone might jar, because he would find that situation again, would you not, where Wait, Warren's Warrell. come in and keeping out a, a full-time Rangers player, for yeah. want of a better word. Yeah. Um, but I, I know where you're coming from there, uh, I, it, just having the two certainly seems well short. And maybe, no, you've got to think they'll be looking at, at left-back as well, uh, depending on what happens with Barisic. He's clearly not happy with it at the minute. Does well, he give Wallace him... Wallace will go, so Wallace, Wallace will go. Andy Halliday's only deputising in there, no, he's done a decent job for them, but he's no what, what Gerard will be looking for. So he's got a choice. Does he yeah. does he say to Barisic, No, you've got one last chance, we go in pre season, you put a shift in, show me that you're ready. He, no, they need they need a guy no left back, they need a guy who's gonna be there the full season, who's gonna be playing every week consistently. Yeah. So Flanagan though. Well, again, Flanagan to me is the guy who you have as the Fill the deputy in. who mm-hmm. just who fills in, I, I like John Flanagan. I think he's a very good player, but his big strength is his versatility. He can play either side. He can even play centre half mm-hmm. if you were desperate. He's the guy who you would have in the squad, a vital member of the squad that can fill in when you're struggling. <clears throat> he's still. I don't care what anybody says. He's still not a natural left back. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he did it at Liverpool, and that he's no, it's still awkward looking when he's got to cut on his his right foot regularly. I don't think you get that fluency, uh, no, or pace on the left hand side when he's constantly cutting in. So to me, Gerard, if he's gave up on Barisic, he's going to need to somehow cut his losses or sell him on for the money that they they bought him for. Um, or give him one last chance. But either way, he's got to sort out the the left back situation. Aye. Right, moving on. Uh, Gerard had some interesting comments, as always. Always a great interview, Stephen Gerard. Immediately after the Aberdeen game, when he said uh, second place isn't good enough next season, they've got to improve in that. Fair enough. But he, he pinpointed three areas where he's looking for improvement. The squad, obviously, which we've covered in depth there. Discipline, which again, we've covered over the weeks. Uh, we don't need to go into that one again. But he, he said he's looking for improvement in injuries as well, which... For me, at first, I thought, how, how, that's down to Lady Luck, that. How do you improve in injuries? But then I thought, that's got to be a thinly veiled dig. I think you've hinted at that earlier, actually, haven't you? Yeah. That's got to be a thinly veiled dig at the Barisic's and the Grez does. I, I think it's a, men- it's a mentality thing. I mean, he's not having a go at Rangers physios or you know, the doctor or that. I mean, he brought uh, a lot of these guys a lot of these guys in. I think he's just... It's similar to the discipline. Uh, I mean, I know it's a lot's been focused on on Morelos this year, but I think you no know, Rangers. The amount of cards that they've had in general, um, I don't think Gerald's been too too happy with it. He told us last week probably get lost amongst other stuff, but you no, know, the he said the code of conduct at the club 
as a whole is going to he's going to change it in the summer. It's going to get tweaked. Whether that means more severe punishment for players who step out of line, and this is for on and off the pitch. Whether it's stupid sending offs like Morelos against Celtic, or the off-field stuff. You no, know, you'd videos of them after the uh, Player of the Year dinner. Obviously, drinking that appears on social media. I don't think Gerard was too happy with that either. So he's going to tweak things. Uh, no, with the discipline, and I hope that it improves. I just think he wants it, no tighter, stricter next year. In terms of the injuries, as I say, I, I mean I don't think they've been. It doesn't feel like Rangers have been kind of decimated with injuries this season. I think it's more the niggly ones that we've touched on when he's needed a Barisic and he's needed a Gresda or or whoever else, and they've. They've no, they've no kind of stepped up, uh, and they've missed games or they've been in and out. I think he just wants that. Uh, I think he wants that tightened up as well. And how he does that, in terms of, you know, he's signing, whether it's signing different players or whether it's sitting down with the current squad and, you know, talking about mentality and you know the type of characters that he wants in the, the squad. I'm not sure, but I just think he wants improvements everywhere next next season. He's, he's seen. The progress, they have moved forward. No matter what anybody, what anybody might say, he knows they're getting they're getting closer, and it's just about taking those those last few steps now to get to get up there with Celtic. That's an interesting one, Gavin, isn't it? This code of conduct that is, I'm guessing Gerard will be in charge of tightening that up. Certainly looks that way. You know, you can say whatever you want about Morelos, perhaps being targeted by refs unfairly at times. Uh, oh, there's no doubt he's let him down on the big occasion. Absolutely, absolute we've spoken about that at length. Yes, completely. There, there has been this underlying theme of just a bit of ill discipline, wasn't yeah. there, surrounding the squad in general? Yeah, I think that player of the year dinner. I think that you know the kind of players being videoed in the, after the player of the year dinner. I think that kind of he was seriously angry about that. More was, than just the Warrell stuff. Oh yeah, there was another video oh, clip kicking around, wasn't it? Oh, no, I think there was. A, I mean, I think. I mean, as he said himself, I mean he he probably played in an era where social media hadn't quite, you know, taken off. Maybe towards the end, but I mean, um, he strikes me as a kind of old-fashioned type of, you know, you know, player that wouldn't be into, you know, Twitter and all that, and yeah, and seeing that video and seeing players behaving like that probably. You know that's that's probably why he was kind of so angry. It's uh, a tough one, that isn't it? I mean, I, well, Warrell overstepped the mark, but I thought, yeah, but he's letting her hair down. And it no, to, be, to be fair, he said to be fair, he said himself that you know I don't have any problem. You know, it was I mean, I think there was a kind of two week break because we yeah. got to the Scottish Cup semi final. The player here, then he said, you know, they were allowed and they had time off, but you've still got to, you've just got to be aware nowadays, haven't you? And that's the thing, players, you know, you just need to be. Uh, conscious that there's phones around in nightclubs and all that, and just and that you're still representing the club. I yeah. suppose that's the thing, you know. And it's frightening. And it just it's yeah, listen, it can, it's so easy. It can happen. And you, you guys like Joe Warrell, you know, you you know they're still young. You need to remember they're still young, and it's and probably coming even to a club like Nottingham Forest. It, but the scrutiny these guys are under is nothing like at the old firm. You know what it's like, so yeah. you just you switch it. off. Yeah, you have a few pints and you switch off for a minute. And <laughs> 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 two Gerard, points, Gerard, and I'd be all over Twitter. <laughs> two go, points, sorry, I'd be all going over the, Twitter. But going, going, going out 
having a night out at that time, as Gav says, after their own play of the year dinner when there was a break coming up. I, I don't think Gerard's got an issue at all with him going out and getting drunk and all that. That's it's the fact that it appears on social media, it just looks bad. No, especially when you're no you're no winning trophies and you're no top of the league, you know that Gerard, no he he doesn't like that kind of thing. Listen, he strikes me as a guy that would have loved a night out as much as anybody at the right time and behind closed doors and, and not doing it properly. As soon as it starts coming up on Instagram or Snapchat or, or whatever, then that's that's when you that's when he'll see it as crossing the right. crossing the line. Especially as I say, I mean you've seen videos this week of like Norwich players and Sheffield United players in particular out celebrating and, and have that's John you've just right, yeah exactly one. I mean you, but you've just won a league no everybody's up there yeah. you've done your job Rangers aren't they there yet mm-hmm. no another season without a trophy no when you've got the demands and the expectations uh, that, that, that are at Rangers no as a Rangers player then as I say I don't think you've got an issue with them going out and letting their hair down a wee bit, but when you when it starts to you know when you start taking a flaunt it on on social media, it's not a, it doesn't look good. Plus the water one wasn't just being drunk, you know. The ah, water one was slightly yeah, exactly. different. Again, that wasn't just being captured and being drunk. He was being disrespectful. Ah, was yeah. just he knows he's not going to be there in a couple of weeks. But that was yeah. really, that that well yeah. overstepped. And I much. think I think that's the problem, you know, with the old firm. You know, both sides. You know, players can just get sucked in. You know, to that whole, you know, the old firm rivalry. You know, and it's just like. They just don't know how to deal with it sometimes, you know. But, I mean, look, they'll learn. Well, on they a positive, another, that's four in a row on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Saturday. Sunday. Aye, it was Sunday. Sunday, Scott, yep. you, you saw it. Um, another dominant, dominant performance. It was by far the best performance against Aberdeen, albeit an understrength Aberdeen this season. They made the statement that they we spoke about them having to make. You called it right last week. Um, we can't come straight back in for Kandias. Yep. All's looking rosy on the park. Yeah, I mean, that didn't surprise me. I, I thought Kent would come in and, despite we Mark McDougall singing Daniel Kandias' praises, uh, mm. even though he got two assists at Tynecastle, it didn't surprise me that he was he was left out for Kent. Uh, and that front three again looked strong. Uh, Kent, uh, Defoe and, and Arfield, or Kent and Arfield playing off playing off Defoe. Uh, you're right, it was a dominant performance. Um, their best against Aberdeen, probably because... Probably because they, aye, they got the win, it was so comfortable. I mean, they, they played really well in the... I think it was a 4-2, 4-2 game two. at, yeah, at that Pataudry. Was... I mean, that first half was terrific to go up there and, and play like that. But you're right, Sunday was probably a more complete you know, team performance where... They never looked in any danger, uh, really. Uh, no, if Aberdeen were going to get anything, it, it looked like coming for a set piece where they've hurt Rangers previously this season. Um, but no, it was pretty pretty dominant. I know it was two penalties, but Joe Lewis had some brilliant oh, saves in that first one. Do you know one. that guy is a class act? The, the save for Defoe's first one when Defoe was clean through was... Uh, it was phenomenal. No, at that at that point blank range. I mean, I don't. People are saying Defoe should have been slotted at. Or, I thought Defoe did everything right. I mean, he's lashed it towards the, the bottom corner. A big guy to get yep. so quickly. Do you know what? With McGregor at the age he is, and I know no Aberdeen fans will be listening to this, or they shouldn't be. Well, they could. You're welcome if you are. 
Joe Lewis is exactly the type of goalkeeper week in, week out, I think would do a job for Rangers. So composed, great he's saves, plucks a ball out of there. You're probably ease. right. He's been McInnes, he's been one of McInnes' best signings, if no, if no the best. Um, and he was he always was a good goalie down in England when he started. He was in he was even in England squads at one time, so that's how highly rated he was for Aberdeen to get him when they did. Um, was brilliant for them, and he certainly no let McInnes down. Um, and I mean, you're right. I mean, Rangers or Celtic or, or even clubs down south must be looking at Joe Lewis if they're looking for a keeper as as a guy to potentially potentially come in if you could if you could get him. Uh, but no, he was brilliant again on Sunday. That's why Rangers weren't. Uh, he's the reason why Rangers weren't ahead at half time. Um, but no, it was pretty. It was as convincing a, a win over Aberdeen as you're going to get. And given Rangers' problems against them this season, um, it, will, it would have been exactly what Gerard was, was looking for going into the game. Not just Aberdeen, but even just in terms of playing against the top six teams. Yeah. They had kind of struggled results, which takes us on to Sunday, I suppose. Yeah. And then Hibs. Oh, but before because, we do... Oh, there's, all right. We can't gloss over... Nicola Carter's <laughs> <laughs> um, influence in that game, as Derek McInnes said. Uh, hang his head in shame over the second one. Embarrassing decision. What, what did he make of that challenge for Considine and Carter, or more to the point, Carter's reaction to it? Um, I thought it was a penalty, first time I seen it on the TV. I thought, because it looked first time as if it was like an elbow or, or whatever, and Carter's. Uh, catch his face for Considine when you look at the replays it's a lot softer than that um, I'm not sure still not sure what Considine's trying to do I th- definitely think Katic is impeded as he goes up to try and to try and win it was a flailing arm, uh, it? Yeah, I agree that it's it's soft and probably listen it's one of the ones that, uh, Gerard was jumping up and down like a, like a madman claiming for it and if it's your team and you see that of course, you know, you see that flailing arm in the box, you're going to be claiming for it. If it's against you, you, you think it's very, very soft. But I do think McInnes was got a wee bit over the top with the, yeah. the criticism of Katic. Listen, with foreign players, I know Aberdeen, Aberdeen don't sign foreign players, but <clears throat> with foreign players, you're always going to get overreactions in the box when they go down. It's just the way... Is it right, though? <sighs> No, it's not right, but it's, just, that's, it's a different culture. No, it's the way these guys are brought up. I mean, the first one, for instance... The centre-half. Huh? I know. <laughs> the f- but the first one, for instance, is a clear foul. Yeah. Right? It's well, a, oh, it's a, I'm still... Oh, no, the, well, the, yeah, fir- the first one's a... The fir- advocate. I thought Lewis Ferguson was pushed into him, actually. No, I, I think I think the no Ferguson's foot is clearly planted, planted on Katic's foot, and it's a foul. But again... Katic makes the most of it and it could have actually went against Rangers because sometimes you see refs looking at the way players are going down and they end up you don't get a penalty when, when it should be because of that reaction I, mean, I actually think the Scott Brown on Stephen O'Donnell penalty on, on Saturday which should have been a penalty I don't think O'Donnell helps himself just with the manner he, he went down I uh, it was a, just a bit theatrical and the refs probably looked and thought no you're, you're at it yeah. that was the risk that Katic was running um, but as I say I think it's it's pretty much par for the course with foreign players when they get touched or when they get tripped or whatever in the box 
they're going to they're going to make him elite to try and get the try and get the penalty, and I think that's what I think that's what happened. Mm. Okay, Gavin, I know you're dying to move on to <laughs> to Hibs on Sunday Sunday Saturday. It's because you didn't, didn't see that That's right, aye, but you saw Hibs. You saw Hibs. Another big test, you know. Rangers could. We're not all off on Sundays like this, man. We can't just sit on a couch with a couple of cans. I'm the same boat as you, Gavin. Don't worry. So no, I was uh, yeah, I was at Ten Castle. Eh, sorry, it was Easter Road. So Hibs up next. Ten unbeaten for Paul Hacking. Incredible so. job he's done because when you think he was following in the footsteps of Neil Lennon, who although Hibs were kind of on the slide, if you look back at the results, there's no doubt Hibs were kind of on the slide. But Neil Lennon's still big character, and you know he's a, a big personality, and a lot of fans working up in arms about it. So it was a you know it was going to be hard to come in on the back of that, and then you go and lose to Neil Lennon in your first game. Um, but to be fair, since then, uh, it's an incredible run of results. Um, they didn't start well in the derby, ended it. Um, they didn't start it <clears throat> particularly well. They had a wee period of dominance and then Hearts finished stronger. But I think Rangers have actually probably played some of their best football in their games against Hibs this season when you look at it, especially, especially the two games at Easter Road. Yeah, still, still can they beat them. I know, it's incredible to think that in three games, they... It's been a draw every time, but you see the signs that Rangers are, are getting it together, albeit the pressure's been off since they lost the old firm game where nobody, you know, that was effectively the league was then gone, so it's easier to play, you know, when, when, when the pressure's off. But there are certainly signs that Stephen Gerrard's got it together now. He knows he's kind of best team, and they seem to have the measure of <clears throat> their opponents. So Sunday will be really interesting to see if they can get that first win against Hibs because everything is now geared towards next season That's and it, making yeah. sure that they're, you know... So, psychologically, I think psychologically, to know that they've got the better Aberdeen yep, on Sunday there and then get the, you know, and then get the monkey off their back Sounds like they're stroking off a bucket list yeah. for this season. Yeah. They've and made it, their statement against yeah. Aberdeen. And then they can start next season. Yeah. Where they go. Really, that's what it's that's what it's all about now. I think it's a, this will, it's a different Hibs team, though, isn't it, altogether? I mean, the... What Hacking Bottom's done there, I think, has been remarkable, given that he's not signed any players. Mm-hmm. Now he's had to work with the same the same squad, but he's... I don't know if transformed's the right word, because I, I don't I actually don't think they're as good to watch now, but they're much harder to beat. They're better organised. No, they're, they're a bit more pragmatic. Um, no, harder to break down. Totally different for the Neil Lennon team that just no were no kind of flamboyant and attack minded and no would go for your would go for your throat. That this is it's totally different. But for Hacking Bottom to change that no change that style, change the shape, no, the whole approach in such a short space of time and at the same time go ten games unbeaten is is incredible, mm-hmm. I think. So it'll be a kind of different challenge for Rangers, but probably similar. No, Heckingbottom will probably try and do what Aberdeen try to do on, on Sunday, and that's uh, no sit in and defend, defend pretty deep, and try and no try and get them in the in the counter attack. It's just whether Rangers can can break them down, and that's where it will be interesting to see if uh, if Morelos comes Absolutely. back comes back in that's because available again now. Yeah, I mean, wait, since Defoe's came in. It, 
know, we spoke a lot at the start of the season about Rangers struggling to break teams down despite having a lot of possession. They couldn't penetrate, no kind of deep line defences. <clears throat> but with the four in the team, the two guys wide getting close to him, it's been a lot more intricate, uh, a lot more kind of pleasing on the eye, and it has helped him, no break teams, break teams down. And it'll be interesting to see whether Gerard sticks with that. Or throws Morelos in. Personally, I, I said last week, I've got a feeling he'll stick with Defoe and have Morelos on the on the bench. And it, it might not even be so much about we're playing well, uh, there's no need to change it, I don't want to change a winning team. It might be to teach Morelos. Yeah, well, you've got to say something. I mean, what message does it say? If he can do what he likes, straight then I'll just again. walk back, straight yeah, back in. Yeah, and the other thing is, Although the other, the other reason you might want to play him is if you're going to sell him and there's only like, you know three games to go, you know his value is going to decrease with him sitting on the bench. Especially oh. Celtic up after that and the, yeah. the one team is yet to score against. Or you might argue that his value decrease, decrease if you play him and get set <laughs> off again. <laughs> Maybe I that's know. the danger. You know, if you throw him in against Celtic and get set off again, anybody watching might say, right, that's the final straw. Oh, it's ultimate dilemma, isn't it? Some, so, Steven Gerrard's been unable this season at any point to leave Morelos out even after getting bans no, that wouldn't have pleased the manager. It's mm-hmm. been impossible for him because the backups and the reserves that have come in just haven't been up to the haven't been up to the job and Gerard's had to put him back in. I think we can we can say now that Gerard's had to accept some of Morelos' ill discipline even when he didn't want to accept it. He, he practically admitted that to us last week, no, when it was put to him, no, did you were you too lenient on Morelos for too long? His reply was he said it's debatable, but if someone accused me of that I would probably have to accept it. That for me was a no a, no him admitting <coughs> that he wasn't he wasn't harsh enough on him uh, sooner. But he's only really been able to do that since the foes came in and started firing. So this is the first chance he's got to say to Morelos, you know what? No, you're not just going to walk back in. It's not just you're, you're starting um, no matter what. He's the guy with the jersey. Yeah. He's done great for me the last few weeks. You're going to need to work your way, work your way back into the team. And I think in general, for the overall picture, with Rangers, with Gerrard, with that squad... That has to be a good has to be a good thing for them. Because yeah. the other thing is, if Morelos, he might know he's going. I mean, for all we know, he's, he's yeah. made up his mind. So I mean, he might. And if that is the case, and there's an agreement, because these conversations will, have, you know, they'll, they'll be taking place all the time. You know, you know, where do you see your future? So for all, for all we know, he might say, "Well, I'm off ski anyway." Well. We will watch with interest, but that's all for now, guys. I think we've, we've overran slightly there, but uh, thanks very much for joining us, Scott and Gavin, and for all you listeners. Um, that's all for us. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available, and you can also rate us on there as well. Thank you very much for listening. Let your body use your mind, use your mind, let your mind